Welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. I am the man who always shows up, the ever reliable <laughs> Mr. On Time. Mr. On Time, Jared All, and our uh, our sixth man, I guess. I guess we'll call I'll him the, the, the fourth man, I guess he'd be of this team. I like Tyler Walgy. I like the sixth man because you're just going to chill. You can show up late to the game, but then you get in in, the, in some important situations. Yeah, you got the green you, light to shoot. Exactly. I always yeah, got the green light to shoot. Yeah, but coming off the bench, man, you got no prep. You're not You're not in the game. You're not ready for I'm it. I'm better hey, coming in cold. Hey, that's like why we get man. the best. That's why we get the best <laughs> to come in. I, I am joined here as well with Tyler, or Tyler Sobers. Nick Sobers. Tyler Walton. Nick Sobers. I can't even keep these guys straight. They're bouncing everywhere. We got a deep bench. Uh, Connor Holzkamp is out this week. He is probably somewhere around the Colorado border. No. Uh, Pathetic. I, I, let, let's be honest here with the audience, okay? Because I think they're starting to get to know Connor one show at a time. Connor tells us yesterday it, he may or may not be back for the show today. AKA, he's in, no. Yeah, he's in Nebraska, and I'm going to try my hardest. Yeah, he's going to try his best. <laughs> I gave it a, exactly a 0% chance for him to get back. He texted us today like 2.30 like, ah, not going to happen, guys. Not going to happen. But coincidentally... He's back in time for his softball game tonight. So weird. Exactly. So, you know. I mean, it's getting darker earlier. I mean. My, my main thing is I want to see Connor play softball. We just did on one of our other podcasts. If you're a, a college football fan, uh, listen to College Football Tailgate. It's a seasonal show we have. And uh, I'm on that show. We just did a combine because me, Ryan, and then Will, the other host on the show, were challenging each other to a combine. So we did the 40-yard dash. We did <laughs> Accuracy it was so fun and I getting have out to there. Know. I know this isn't the best for this audience because nobody has any idea. Right. This is your intro, guys. Tune in to College Football Tailgate. It's a part of the Woos Media family, as is Red Rock Sports. So tell me how this combine went because I saw you and I saw Will the day before. Actually, I saw Ryan too, all three of you guys there the day before. And you guys all sounded very, very confident. You're like, yeah, yeah, we'll get up at like 10, you know, we'll go for like an hour or okay. so. It'll it, be great. The confidence did not last long. It's so funny the changes your body goes through in 10 years of not doing anything. And it was so funny. I was talking to uh, my girlfriend. I go, I don't remember the last time I legitimately ran as fast as I could. Did I, anybody hit sub five on the no, 40 is what no, the people are I, asking. I won the 40 time with a 5'8". Eight. Oh, 5'8"? Eight? <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys walking? Dude, it was so humbling. We were so unathletic. It was almost embarrassing. What's well, a high um, jump? That's what I want to know. No, What's we did. We jump? didn't do the high. We did the long jump. Oh, like okay. the, and, and I got like six and a half feet. Oh, so I was watching. I, nice. I was watching that uh, this past week on the Olympics. And those guys like 30 feet is like where the gold medal. The Olympics is. are something else. We actually have to get back to the Olympics because I have some thoughts on that. But overall, the combine went well. I actually won the combine, which shows how unathletic my other co-hosts are on college wall tailgate. <laughs> But uh, we did a scoring system to where there were three people. So if you won it, you got three points. Second got two, and last got one. But we did everything. We did field goal kicking. We did, uh, you know, it was fun. We did punting distance and punting accuracy. We did some coffin corners. Coffin corners. Corner. <laughs> <laughs> we did the coffin corners. So it was fun. But uh, my whole question leading back to Connor, I wonder what holds camp would look like. at. Uh, what do you think Connor would run for 40-yard dash? 7-2. I think it would be over 7 I actually think I might be the slowest one of the group, though. I look like I could maybe. No, you no. would be Connor. You would be Connor so? for sure. Yes. No doubt. 
Yeah, Connor's. Look, Connor was athletic at one point. Was. <laughs> oh, oh is that, was. this is this is exactly. me. I'm gonna. Hey, I'm gonna stand up for Connor. You can't be throwing the dude on the under the bus when, I don't know. when I, he has he no he chance here. Over I mean, seven though. Woo. But anyway, over so, seven. So, well, I, hey, I will take him as my first baseman in softball though. I think I'm Connor sure. is a Connor lives. Shit. Connor lives for the full out splits. <laughs> scoop catch I bet. third out bottom of the third well <laughs> we've mentioned hysterical. it on this show before that connor is the reason that i quit playing baseball oh okay because connor and i were both going out for first base and well the real real reason is there was a, a kid that we went to school with that was a, a freshman starting varsity at first base oh, so what we both played first base we were both left-handed and they the coaches informed me i should move down <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who kicked the longest uh, field goal is the uh, other I, w- I was the one who actually i was the only one to make a field goal we did extra points oh no and uh I, I hit two out of three actually and like they, like college extra points or it was NFL? from the t- it was from the 10 yard so oh, okay. college extra points no no no, no, no i think and the I, nfl is the longer no nfl just from moved the two. it back yeah exactly yeah, so but from you, the two. you snap it to the two and kick it from the 10 oh right, right so, right, so, that's so like right thing. at 30 yards 27 yards uh no it was uh yeah that would 20 because the 10 yard line you kick it at and then 10 yards for the end zone mm. yeah yeah because you snap it at the hey two. guys we can do math <laughs> okay <laughs> so they come okay. well fun. that's awesome that's fun maybe but, something we do in the future and, and also we mentioned the olympics quickly there have you guys been watching the olympics at all as, as much as i get a chance to. i haven't been watching much at all i did watch the 400 meter hurdles last night okay. uh these that guys, place. they had an American and then some guy from Norway. I think it was like a 45 second. It was under that. It was 43 seconds or something. 400 meter hurdles. Okay. Ran a 400 hurdles. See, I like I, insane. I like to watch the sports that I didn't even know existed before the Olympics. And have you guys watched Equestrian? The okay. horses? <laughs> I was trying, man. I really was. Have you but seen it, this? I oh, saw the so Snoop Dogg comment. It was this? so lost. Dude, so the... <laughs> Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart. Yeah, that was absolutely <laughs> it's hilarious. So, funny. so the, the, I, I wonder with the equestrian, the, the horses are dancing to the music and they kind of like have their little dance. And I wonder what the people are for on the horse because they just sit there. The horse knows the music. He starts like <laughs> dancing to the music. It reminds me of John Travolta on Pulp Fiction. Oh, he's yeah. just kind of going right there. And then the person who didn't do anything, stands up at the end. They get the hand, medal. They get yeah. the medal. They get all the love. I'm like, wait a Disgusting. minute. The horse did everything. The horse did absolutely everything. This is true. The, these are, there's some weird sports we need out to, there. Where, where is uh, PETA at with this? I mean, come on. <laughs> I know, right? But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Give me some badminton. Yeah, Olympics have been kind of fun. Well, that's fun. I think something that maybe we have to uh, get get a little more involved in is is the Olympics. And I think we have a few things we'll discuss in the coming weeks with that. But, uh, Who knows? You know, we'll, we'll see. I, I think the swimming was was fun. That's the one I enjoy the most in, in the, the summer, but the uh, U.S. did well, but uh, that's to be expected, right? Swimming's stupid because the only criteria in swimming is how big of a splash did you make in the pool? No, that's no, like no. Not the judging. diving, the, the speed oh, swimming. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you meant the... the no, the diving. Oh, uh, yeah. I think we've all been there. And hey, I support all the U.S. athletes, and I'm like, good for you, but like, I have a really hard time watching gymnastics or or some of these different uh, dancing. Oh, see, I disagree. Not me, the man. double bar and the high bar is is wild. You're swinging from one <laughs> bar to another bar that's lower than the other bar. Have you, you ever seen when they biff, man? Yeah. Oh, I just think it's funny how I'm sitting watching gymnastics, thinking that someone just did a great job, and the announcer's like, "Ooh, gonna yeah. be points for that one." I'm like, "Wait, what? What did they just do? That was a negative points." Oh, yeah. All right. 
bringing it back here. <laughs> this is a good episode, actually, for you to join us here, Tyler, because we have, uh, you know, kind of the free agency extravaganza. You know, we have the MLB trade deadline has come and gone. Uh, NHL free agency period is open. ML, uh, excuse me, NBA. I ha- always have a hard time trying to get all of them out in a row. M- <laughs> NBA. Letters are hard. I know. I <laughs> I struggle. Uh, the NBA free agency period actually begins today. It is uh, Tuesday the 3rd. Actually, it was the 2nd. I'm sorry. That so NBA, be- NBA started yesterday? Started yesterday. Okay. can officially sign their deals at the end of the week. But I want to start with the least active of all, guys. The MLB trade deadline came and went, and the Rockies did nothing. nothing. It doesn't surprise me. Worst pitching staff, no prospects. Why would they do anything? Why, why try and improve your... When you look when you at say like some that. of the deals <laughs> that, like that. that were made with position players, the guys that were dealt, uh, I cannot imagine that the Rockies were not getting calls. But it's, it's, it's so interesting because I admittedly went to a Rockies game a couple weeks ago, and it's funny because you, know, you tell your friends now you're going to a Rockies game, and the response a couple years ago was, okay, awesome, have fun. Have fun. The Enjoy. response now is, how the hell can you support that organization? <laughs> you know, But... It was packed. They were selling hot dogs. They were selling souvenirs. What incentive do the higher-ups of the Rockies have? I mean, as a business, they're succeeding. But they're your making incentive money. is, they're is in the keep, stadium. keep enough of the prospects look, coming through there. I, I don't That's agree. What, when a guy like, like Trevor Story, I mean, okay, the rest of the guys that you didn't deal, fine. But a guy like Trevor Story, you got to make a move. Right? I mean, there's enough people that live here that maybe don't support the Rockies that treat it more as a social outing, and that's the ultimate issue here, right, is you got people that go, it's it's a gathering. You go, you have your beers, right. watch the sunset. I mean, it's an it, awesome stadium. It's almost like, you know, we're punished as baseball fans for living for living in such a great city with a lot of people who like doing stuff and right. going out and having a good time but that's the thing is you know a lot of owners in sports look at their team as a business and unfortunately i think that's how they look at the rockies it's like are we making money can we at least you know maybe and, but it is about keeping the fans involved and i think when you don't get rid of trevor story or, or sell some of these people at least sell we're not asking to bring pieces in if you're going to be a seller then get rid of pieces and, and maybe the rockies knew something we didn't in terms of negotiations or what, what's going to happen at the end of the year but it's if not they negotiate with them they're stupid Right. It's it's not a good. I mean, how do you not how do you not pull the trigger? That's and what I think. I think John something. Gray. We and we talked about this last week. We all expected at least one move to happen. I think we all had Trevor Story gone, and, and, and Connor was more on the aggressive side. Thought a lot of guys would would be traded. But don't bring me into that. You got. I don't. I want to k- separate myself from your guys' takes when I'm not here. You all three love John Gray, right? No. Oh, okay. I thought you guys were. No, I said he was a no. A he's a back end of the rotation. John Gray apologist. No, no, but you keep that guy. You don't trade John Gray. No, you trade him. I don't it know. Is I hard. You rid of John Gray. John Gray Colorado. has been such a disappointment. What it, remember when he came here? Yeah, he was an the wolf of Blake Street. As an ace. Remember the wolf of Blake Street? As your third Don't do or that fourth tonight. guy. Remember that? Don't do that tonight. That has slowly changed to the feline of Wazi. <laughs> That's my new nickname for him. I like it. The wolf of Blake Street is now the feline of Wazi. But as your third or fourth starter, he's solid. I, I would love that. Any big game that we've ever needed John Gray to pitch, and he gets absolutely it's, it's just inconsistency. Crushed. I'm not a John Gray guy. Never have been, and I wouldn't mind seeing him leave. As a matter of fact, uh, if you're an ex Xbox player. Uh, I, I haven't got the new one. I still have Xbox One. And uh, I don't game too often, but when I get a chance, they just came out with MLB The Show on Xbox One. So I'm playing baseball games for the first time ever, pretty much. You want to know my first move when I played the Rockies organization? 
Traded right. John Gray. <laughs> Probably got John Gray. Good value for him too. Oh, huh? Great value because you can force trades on yeah. there. So <laughs> oh, this guy, this guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I would not uh, think twice. If John Gray left. I would be fine. To me, the the Rockies not making a move at the deadline screams the lack of a long term GM. There's nobody there well, at least making a plan. decisions. There's no plans in place. There's nobody making on? decisions right now. It was bad enough under Breidich, but at least somebody was making decisions and putting the team in a certain direction. Every decision may not have been great, but at least he was making his attempts. Hey, at least he was able to move Nolan Arenado. Remember he might have had to pay to do it, but... Remember how in school... Sometimes there would be that one kid who would show up and his lunch would be like a Snickers bar. And you're going, oh, what, are, what are the parents doing here? Don't you play a little more? That's like the Rockies organization. They're sending their kids out there with nothing. They're not equipped. They're not ready to win. They're not ready to do anything. They're just sort of doing, just sort of out there. And it's brought me no pride cheering for the Rockies. I mean, right now, I think everyone in Colorado would agree. Times are tough right now as a Rockies fan. So they had a chance. They could have done something. And once again, the Rockies are being the Rockies. I don't know if you should expect anything else. On the flip side, there are a couple of teams (laughs) that very, very aggressively approached free agency, at least in keeping their own stars, okay? And I want to start, Tyler, with the Avalanche. Uh, When we last spoke regarding the Avs, there was big concern whether or not Gabe Landeskog would be coming back. They, of course, uh, put him out there to be uh, taken in the expansion draft. He was not... By the way... Do we have that audio of the expansion draft that I sent you guys? Uh, did we ever load no, it? We didn't add it. Okay, if you haven't seen it already, go find it on YouTube. The audio of them and Tyler, I'm gonna let you say it because I know <laughs> I'm gonna botch it too. But when when the all okay, let me backtrack a little bit. So when the Seattle Kraken, uh, I actually think they did something really cool. They had a lot of former athletes that played in the Seattle area: Marshawn Lynch, Sean Kemp, many others. Announced the picks. Well, what they didn't keep in mind is that most of these names are nightmares of European <laughs> names. Hockey rosters that, are so That tough. these basketball and football players have no idea who these guys are or how to pronounce it. And they just destroyed it. They clearly had no practice going in. and, and That's sh- my thing. Is there any preparation? Right. Don't no, they? Sean Kemp <laughs> is the one that, that announced the pick that, that was the Avs player, and it is properly pronounced Jonas Donskoy Jonas Donskoy and it's not even close like it's it's <laughs> yeah. not even Jonas Sky or something like Sky. that but and uh Marshawn Lynch at least had some fun with it I think he even like poked fun at himself that like I I don't even know how to do right. it <laughs> <laughs> I'm only here so I won't get fined <laughs> anyways that so so that came and went Landeskog did not get taken and a lot of speculation was out there that the Az were not going to bring him back and a lot of the talk, Tyler, as I understood it, was you got to pay Kale McCarr. Well, they did that. They took care of Kale McCarr. And then it came down to, is it Landeskog or is it Grubauer that you bring back? And ultimately, it was Landeskog who signs a big deal, an eight-year, $56 million deal, which is huge For hockey, hockey. yeah, exactly. For um, hockey, that's Kale a lot McCarr, of Kale McCarr, just by the way, for everyone out there, signed a six-year, $54 million deal. So his is even bigger, I think, justifiably Kale so. Kale McCarr could be the best defender in hockey. But these are up there in, I have to imagine... Tyler, uh, top 10 contracts in, in the NHL yeah, as far right as t- average dollar value? Yeah, they're up there. I mean, they're some of the highest paid players, but that's what you have to do. You know, at some point, the 
the Avs have been stockpiling young talent and you got to pay these guys. And I'm glad they did. Now, the whole thing of getting rid of Grubauer, let's be very clear about this. Joe Sackick is, in my mind, by far the best GM in Colorado. And he had to know what was going on outside the Colorado situation. When you let Grubauer go, or actually, more specifically, when you don't pay Grubauer and you opt to pay other guys like Landeskog, you knew that was going to happen. It was no surprise that Grubauer was going to be looking elsewhere for more money. The amazing thing is that Joe Sackick was able to pull off a trade for Darcy Kemper. Now, it's so funny, the difference between hockey and football, because Joe Sackick trading for Darcy Kemper in his prime is literally the same thing as John Elway bringing in like a Tom Brady in his prime. Okay, nobody, I'm no Tom Brady guy, but don't start throwing guys like Tom Brady. Okay, maybe you're right with the Tom Brady comparison. But But let's say maybe a Russell Wilson. My Yeah, maybe Russell Wilson. Darcy Kemper, for those who don't know, and we're not going to get too much into this, I'm a professional sports better, and I have very, very detailed power rankings for the NHL and for soccer. We don't have to get into that, but I really trust my rankings for, for both players and teams. My goalie rankings, I had Darcy Kemper anywhere from number one to number three in the NHL. I mean, th- he may be the best goalie in hockey. Now, to give you an idea of where Philip Grubauer is on that same list, he's around 10, maybe 11, maybe 12, arguably the 10th best goalie in the league. This is a big difference. We got rid of Grubauer and upgraded a goalie position by just trading Connor Timmons away. And I to thought me, this was it's, a great move. It's not just uh, about you know the, the the level of play from Darcy Kemper, but I'm, I'm hoping Con or I'm, I'm hoping Tyler, you're going to tell me. I know we're a little lost without you sometimes when it comes to our NHL rankings and stuff. But the biggest issue a lot of times with Grubauer was his health, his availability. Right, exactly. yep. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, we're not going to see the same thing no. from Darcy Kemper. Kemper. I know, I know, injuries are always fluke and, and can happen. Yeah, but, but Darcy Kemper's had no history of this in the league. I mean, he's very solid. So I mean, if anything, he's on the other end of the spectrum to where he's durable. He plays a lot of games. And he's been with Arizona, and I can't stress this enough. There's not one position in sports that's more dependent on what's going on around you than goalie in the NHL. I mean, look at Thomas Grice last year. and <laughs> A lot of people listening, who? He was a goalie for the Islanders two years ago. He had some of the best stats in hockey. He was an MVP candidate. Last year, he gets traded to the Detroit Red Wings, and he falls off the face of the earth. So it matters what's going on around you as a goalie. Arizona Coyotes last couple of years, they've been horrible. And Darcy Kemper has just been part of it. it has, he hasn't been part of the problem, but he's been part of the Arizona Coyotes. No TV. No one knows who this guy is. And it's funny. I was talking to one of my buddies who loves the Avs. And I was saying, the Avs just got maybe the best goalie in hockey. Didn't give up that much. And no one in Colorado is going to have any idea what they just did. Everyone, Correct. <laughs> well, and you, mentioned, gonna say, you mentioned a couple- Who's Darcy Kemper? You know? <laughs> You, you but, mentioned a couple of times they didn't give up a lot, and as I've read, especially on the national side, people are saying otherwise, that they gave up no. a, a 2022 first-rounder, a 2024 conditional third-rounder, and then defenseman Connor Timmons. But you were talking well about maybe the deepest defensive team in hockey who already has a lot of youngsters on the, on the, on the roster. So Colorado's set up better than any team right now for the future. Getting rid of those draft picks, that's like... And still championship contenders. Exactly, that, that's, and that's exactly what it is to me. I was I was beating the table this year and, and everyone kind of looked at me crazy when I said, no, this is a Stanley Cup or bust season. This move tells me that Joe Sackick saw it the same way and he saw he did not have the guy he truly believed in and he wasn't ready to pay him yeah. like he was the guy. So he went out and got who he felt like he needed in this short window that the Avalanche are in to get this done. And I'm telling you out there right now, if you're skeptical or anything like that, don't be. Darcy Kemper will be everything and more in terms of what he's been advertised so far. I'm really excited. Do for you 
you think the Avs should still approach getting more goalie depth, or do you think they have the depth there? I think that's something that a team like the Vegas Golden Knights have proven over the last few years. Having that depth, having that second guy to go to is huge. No, I would like that. It's just the question is who at this point. You know, a lot of these guys are taken up and... Um, if you can find a way to get through the regular season with your goalie healthy, that's not as big of a deal. And I would prefer for Colorado to have a better backup so you can give Darcy some nights off or, you know, you don't risk that injury, you know, concern or, or that run that injury risk. But in the NHL playoffs, when you get to that point, usually you're not alternating goalies. It's usually one goalie for the playoffs and you go. Now, is there a benefit like we saw Vegas do this season? Or in the playoffs, you can switch things up, yes. But ideally, you've got one guy you go with him. Kind of like in baseball, right? You have a five-man starting rotation. Come playoff time, that usually gets whittled down to two or three starters. So very similar with hockey goalies. All right, we'll see what other moves the Avs make coming up here. As Tyler mentioned, they're pretty tight at this point. I think they've made a lot of the moves. Um, I know there's a few guys in in getting Makar locked up and getting Landeskog locked up. There's some guys I know you had and, and you've mentioned that are being missed out. We've obviously talked about Philip Grubauer. What other guys have the Avalanche lost that they have not been able to retain? I think that's the biggest thing when you're a championship-level team. It's retaining as much as your talent as you can. Right. I mean, Brandon Saad, obviously, big part of the offense last year. We saw him play on both power play lines as well as the penalty kill. Really versatile for this team, and uh, he scored a lot as well. So Brandon Saad, going to be tough to see him. He's now with St. Louis. So when things go back to... To how they were. Remember, St. Louis and Colorado in the same division. So we'll see Brandon Saad. And just for a little bit of perspective on the the Kale McCarr deal, which again was six years, fifty-four million. Uh, Brandon Saad got a, a pretty hefty chunk of change for a guy of his caliber. Caliber with St. Louis, five years, twenty-two point uh, five million. Yeah. So we're talking four and a half million a year versus Kale McCarr getting in the nine million a year range. But that's so it's a thing. huge the, deal for him. But the Avs are in such a good position for this. We yes. talked about their depth and their young players. Alex Newhook, who's 20 years old, is going to step in and fill the shoes for Brandon Saad. So the, the, we talked about the juxtaposition and the Rockies not having a plan. It's clear the Avalanche have a very crystal clear plan and they're executing it. So Brandon Saad going to be a huge piece we're missing. Jonas Donskoy, we mentioned him earlier. He was the pick in the, uh, uh, in the expansion draft by the Seattle Kraken. And the thing about Donskoy, I think he was third in the team in goals last year. That's what the Avs need. Someone who can step up, fill that role of right wing, left wing, first line, second line, third line. But honestly, I think you can put a lot of guys on there on the Avalanche and they'll produce. We see it year after year. It was uh, uh, God for a couple years ago. I forget uh, who it was. He's on Toronto now. Anyway, uh, he he tore it up. And then last year, like I said, it was uh, uh, Don Scoy. So whoever fills that role this year for the Avs shouldn't have too much of an issue doing that. This team's so good. Stacked. A lot of guys could fill in there. And then you mentioned Grubauer. He's going to be a, a tough spot or a tough uh, piece to miss. But look, overall, we did lose a couple pieces, but everyone lost some pieces around the league. Joe Sackett did a great job filling them back in, and there's no way the Avs shouldn't be the favorite, if not one of the favorites, to win the Stanley Cup next year. Before we move off of that, I do want to mention Philip Grubauer signed with the Seattle Kraken, which is is kind of interesting. I, I just as you look at what set the Vegas Golden Knights for so much success early on as as a franchise was Mark Andre Fleury falling in their lap yeah. in the expansion draft. Now, obviously, they didn't get Grubauer in the expansion draft, but were able to sign them sign him going into their opening season. So. 
don't be surprised. I, I, I'm very curious to see, as, as you've mentioned, a good goaltender can really go a long way with the team. And if they put any sort of team around him, who knows? They may be in, in line for some early success may, as well. Maybe. They're playing in the Pacific Division as well. So that's an easy uh, division to play in. By the way, I looked up his name who I couldn't remember. Alexander Kerfoot. Remember him? Yep. yep. Kerfoot Absolutely. a couple of years ago had a great shooting percentage. He, you know, he did a lot for the Avs. And then last year it was Donskoy. So they always get that one guy to kind of fill in. So... All right, before we move on to the NBA free agency period and what's happened already in in the for the uh, Nuggets, I wanted to kind of break down. We were talking all these contracts, different guys, the values, and it got me thinking of what the worst contracts we've seen. Oh, this is good. Let's keep things yeah, up like on it. today's show. Okay? Yeah, let's keep things I know I am sort of a pessimistic guy today, I guess, but there's been some bad ones. Gentlemen, there have been some very bad ones. Now, so far, I can't say any of the moves I've seen either from the Nuggets or the Avalanche or anything I think goes down in history on any of these lists. But I think you'll find some patterns within okay. this list. <laughs> like teams? Um, well, you'll, you'll see. Okay, so we're going to go the top five. now. So this is your list of top five worst contracts? Worst contracts in Colorado professional sports history. Okay, <laughs> now the one kind of catch to this is it's only contracts Colorado teams gave out a good example I will use of that uh, that wouldn't fall into this category is Jose Reyes was one of the worst contracts ever the the Rockies inherited that to get some prospects so that's a little different they inherited a contract versus giving it out okay so but don't worry guys the Rockies show up in here (laughs) okay so shocker Nick can we get some game show music going here let's go all right Connor doesn't like the noise in the background I feed off it okay (laughs) so so we're going to start number five with the Colorado Rockies. In 2018, gave Brian Shaw, relief pitcher, a three-year, $27 million contract. Now, not huge by baseball standards. It's $9 million a year. But he was atrocious for the Rockies. This is a guy that, over the course of his career, has a 3.78 ERA. In his two seasons with the Rockies had a 5.61 ERA and had just one save and 126 innings pitched. He was awful. He was supposed to be this big closer that they brought in to be the guy or at least be the setup guy. He was terrible. Terrible from the start. Everywhere else he's been, he's been solid. He's been a a, a, a sub three five two ERA guy. He's yeah, but that's why you hear people say else. they hate pitching in Colorado. Is, sure, is pitchers he's a very good example of that. Yeah. yeah, I mean. And, I'm a believer that you can succeed here, but this a lot of pitchers use that as a reason when they're negotiating new contracts. Well, it was Denver. That always happens in Denver. And when you look at a guy like Jeff Bradage being let go or walking away from the team this year being 2021, a move like this in 2018 is a big reason why. This was the guy that they banked on in that uh, free agency period going into that season. They thought he was going to be the guy to fix their bullpen. He wasn't. He was a disaster. Moving on, number four, sticking with the Rockies, also a Jeff Bridage move. Ian Desmond signed for five years, $70 million. When was this? This was 2016. So is he still on contract, or is this the last year? So he, isn't he in actually now? retired. I thought he was AAA. Is he back? Uh, let, me, let me check. Because he retired leading up to the 2021 season. He sat out 2020 due to COVID, so... He only played in three years for the Rockies, and I'll be honest, the Rockies sort of 
caused the, as much of the distress as what we all felt about <laughs> Ian Desmond as anything. They just couldn't find a position. I don't think for he's him. on the team anymore. Well, it says on he, Wikipedia he, he opted out. I think he opted out because of COVID, and I think he opted out again this year. Okay, so it says on Wikipedia the tense is. Ian Morgan Desmond is an American professional oh, infielder good. and Joy. outfielder. So we're still paying him? <laughs> I, I, was, so. I was thinking maybe we were done with this deal. No, already. I think he opted out again. Professional life, professional career. Yeah, I can't find for sure. But, well, if uh, he signed hey. five years uh, in, in 2016, at the end of this year should be it, hopefully. Okay? Is, it, is it the Colorado God. Sky Sox? Is that the... Uh, I don't know if that's still their uh, affiliate. The AAA? He, they he, traded keep running the, my, uh, my music. Yep, so in his three seasons <laughs> with the Rockies, he had a 252 average, which is not terrible. Who's this? But th- this is Ian Desmond. Oh. But again, a guy that got paid big money. Now, something that I thought was interesting when you look at his stat line, in his time, in his three seasons that he's actually played with the Rockies... He has more strikeouts than he has hits. 352 strikeouts, 337 hits. He's a power hitter. Not good. And he has no power. Okay. He was ahead of his time. Okay. I had to get somebody other than the Rockies in there, okay? So moving on to number three, the Denver Broncos. They've given out a a few bad contracts in their days, okay? (laughs) This one came in 2003 where they uh, paid Daryl Gardner seven years, $35 $35 million, hmm. and he played in five games for the Broncos, hmm, was suspended twice, once by Mike Shanahan for basically running his mouth in a in an interview, and then once in the offseason for getting in a fight at a restaurant. So uh, only ever played five games for the Broncos, and uh, I'm sure they got out of most of that money. But at the time, you got to think, 2003, this is a defensive lineman. In 2003, seven years, $35 million was huge. He was one of the top paid guys in, in, uh, in the NFL at the time, at least on the defensive side of the ball. He never played football again after getting cut by the Broncos. The guy ended up just all sort of off-field issues. Did you say he got in a fight at a restaurant? Yeah. I wonder what restaurant it was. And I wonder how that happened. TGI Fridays, probably. (laughs) Yeah, who decides to take on a defensive line? Cracker Barrel. (laughs) In a fight, right? Yeah, like, like, did... He with someone at the next table was saying something. Did someone bump into him? I get the impression this guy had a little bit of a short fuse. Maybe the probably case. what made him a good defensive line. No. <laughs> Anyways, you all you all remember Mike Shanahan. He didn't mess around with guys. No, yeah. he did not mess around. Hey, I'll take it for two Super Bowls. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, moving on. Had to get back to the Rockies here. These last two. I had a tough time ranking, okay, on which one was worse than the other. Good. Um, a lot of went into my thought process was uh, not only the dollar amount of the contract, but the value they got from the player, okay? Yeah, for sure. So number two on my list comes in Mike Hampton, oh. okay? 2001, Gross. the Rockies gave him the largest contract in that at that time in MLB history. Oh, God. Eight years, $121 million. Which, by the way, is like all fully guaranteed. Very different than NFL. And we'll talk about that when we get to my next guy, where it gets a little bit different. But Mike Hampton started, this is actually kind of funny, his first, uh, whatever it was, 14 games, I think it was, for the Rockies, 7-1, and 2.65 ERA. Ah. Everyone's thinking, this is such a great move. This is going to be great. Uh, That was his first... uh, 71 and a third innings for the Rockies, okay? After that, his next 52 starts, which is what he completed for the Rockies, 14 and 28 
with a 6.46 ERA, not exactly ace material. Not at all. And I mean, you'd start to wonder, is this whole pitching an altitude thing real but remember, when you when you start to look at some of these things guys coming in as free agents yeah, it's really it's weird really telling yeah and you bobbled Jimenez he had that Cy Young type of year but that's really the, but he came up through the organization it yeah. seems like that's the only guys who've ever had success and it's been very very limited success here and there so Mike Hampton though on the silver lining he did hit 315 with 10 home runs in his two seasons with the Rockies. Wait, that's a power hitter. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess I'll take that. Some uh, Shohei Otani stuff right, right there, I mean, man. That's weird. I had no Put idea. Put him out there as DH. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. Show. And the worst contract of all time in Colorado sports history. It's recent, guys. We just cut ties with him this year. Oh, no. Juwan James yeah. and the Denver Broncos. It was four years, only $52 million, as compared to the eight-year $121 million from, from Mike Hampton. Uh, signed in 2019, but it, it all comes down to it's not the total value, okay? Because it's actually not a terrible value deal. They've paid him next to nothing. He only made $17 million of that $52 million. Okay. Okay. So why but, is this the worst? He played 63 total snaps for the Broncos. Oh. All in the Ouch. first three games of 2019. Did not play again in 2019. Sat out 2020 due to COVID. And then ended up tearing his Achilles, which it's a shame. I feel for the guy because he's so hated by Broncos fans as a result of him tearing his Achilles, which is like obviously putting a, <laughs> yeah. a, a damper on his career. But if you average that out, the $17 million that he made per snap, he made $270,000 for the That's crazy. Broncos. That's maximizing potential based yeah. on stuff. <laughs> that's a, so that's why God. I had to edge him out over Mike Hampton because it's like you gave the Broncos absolutely nothing. When you break it down on a per snap basis, that's really embarrassing. That's crazy. I can't believe all the money that gets wasted on some of these bad contracts. You know, it's crazy. And you wonder sometimes in like a team like the Broncos, who have actually, over those years, I mean, obviously the Juwan James one, 2019, that's recent, but Daryl Gardner, 2003, that's right when the the Broncos were coming off their best success, and you see kind of a, a tailspin from there, right? You start to make these bad contracts, and all of a sudden, you don't have the same level of talent on your team. We see it year in, year out with the Rockies, and I think we're seeing that now where teams like the Nuggets, like the Avalanche, have figured out you can't do that. You cannot just shell out for the top free agent. You have to develop your rosters through the draft, through other means. Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Why did you go worse contracts? What about the best contracts? Because <laughs> the worst ones are the most fun. This <laughs> is more entertaining. that Juwan James one still sticking with me. Honorable That's mention why. is Kenyon Martin. Now, now, oh, yeah, Kenyon Okay, Martin. see, you mentioned that before the show, and I I totally disagree. Kenyon Martin was a huge piece on their uh, uh, Western Conference Team. whatever he had some He had some sort of injury. I think it was knee problems. He had surgery, and I think he missed anywhere from like 20 to 30 games the first like three or four years. And that was – so I'm Googling it right now. It looks like it was $92 million over seven years. And by the end of it, yeah. you were done. Kmart. Yeah. I, loved, I loved Kmart, though. I loved how he'd go around the stands. Remember, he'd put his hand up in the air. <laughs> the Thuggets, man. He was the leader of the Thuggets, yeah, man. I, I loved, loved that. Oh, God. I remember oh. going to those games. I've never been in a louder atmosphere than the Nuggets playoff games back in 2007, 2008, whenever. So s- speaking of the Thuggets, Uh-oh. did you guys hear where uh, – Carmelo Anthony signed today. Lakers. 
Yeah, Same Lakers. The Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers are making a push. Yeah, but I want to. I want to just get this out there on the record. I actually joked about it before Melo signed there that they should go sign Melo because the only thing they're missing on this like ISO team that like everybody wants the ball in their hands and to be the guy taking a lot of shot is Carmelo Anthony. I'm like, you have a whole <laughs> team of guys that don't want to pass the ball. I, I I don't know. I just don't know that this is going to work as great as everyone thinks. It's I going hate to. the I hate the Westbrook signing and yeah, uh, average age of the Lakers fit. is like what forty two. I know. 40. I, I don't know what I've heard. I, I think that he's going to be able to press it when LeBron's Completely on the bench. change his entire approach. Don't you remember? He like totally sabotaged the, the uh, OKC whole situation because he wanted to be the guy. You I know? think they and, come and playoff time, too. though. At this point in his career, I think come playoff time, Westbrook's going to be able to take that and step back, let LeBron run stuff. Westbrook's won all of nothing in his career. I know, but I think that's going to force him so. to change. And also, if it is New Jersey or uh, Brooklyn and the Lakers, and you got James Harden and Kevin Durant on one team, I think you may see Westbrook on the other team more likely to Conspiracy change his Conspiracy theory, I mean, we can just call it right now, right? <laughs> that's really what the NBA wants <laughs> right now, especially after a Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, I mean, who who was even in it? I don't even remember the at this Suns. point. It was the Suns. That's right. That's that's how good those markets were, okay? That's what Chris the NBA Paul. wanted. If there's one thing that LeBron hates more than anything, it's a bad shot. If there's one thing Russell Westbrook is good at, <laughs> it's a, a horrible shot. shot. Yeah, that's true. I hope it blows up in their faces. The low percentage shooting master. I can't wait for it. 15 though. seconds on the shot clock, 30 seconds left. Deep three-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Okay, yeah. 10 seconds left. Who, who brings up the ball? LeBron. In the, in the, in the postseason, LeBron LeBron's going to be bringing it up. Okay. For sure. Okay, okay. Uh, the Nuggets have taken a little bit of a different approach. They have really more looked internally um, so far in the free agency period, which, again, just began Monday the 2nd. These deals become official. I think it's like Friday. And you'll continue to see things trickling in yeah, You guys that. will probably be able to do more detail on this next week. Sure, more, sure, uh, absolutely. But the, the, the Nuggets did kind of really aggressively approach their internal guys. Um, some of the deals they've made so far, uh, one that I actually really like that's kind of a, a, a underrated move is bringing back Austin Rivers. I thought he was a great fit on this team in the playoffs. You reduce his role to a sixth or seventh man, maybe even an eighth guy off the bench, and I think he fits great. He can be a point guard. He can be a shooting guard. He's versatile. Uh, they bring back to Michael Green. Also, that's a small deal for, for Austin Rivers. One year, $2.4 million, okay? Uh, they okay. bring back to Michael Green. Uh, huh? I mean, was he? Did he do anything for this team? Did he bring any value to? Seems this more team? of like a security blanket, more or less, for MPJ, right? And yeah, he's going to have more of a role this year, though, right? I mean, uh, I we'll see. He's not getting as much in this deal as he did in the first one with the Nuggets, at least on a per year basis. This one is just eight point five average salary over two years, so seventeen. Uh, and and then uh, the other big one internally that they brought back, and all of us a couple weeks ago, Nick, you and Connor and I all said we did not think Will Barton was going to be back. We thought his price tag was going to get too high. He's back, baby. Wow. Um, yeah. They got him on a two-year, $32 million a year, uh, total contract, $16 million a year. And I'll tell you, I, I, this is where I wish Connor was here because I think he'd be surprised <laughs> by me. I love that move. One thing that's a common denominator, every move they've made, two years or less. But Why? Because they have big money that's going to be getting spent after that. you got to maximize what you can do in this short window with this team. I love the Will Barton signing because one thing people don't realize about Will Barton is what a good defender he is. 
And when I first started watching Will Barton consistently with the Nuggets, it's like, oh my God, this guy thinks he's Kobe. Like, stop forcing shots, Will Barton. There's stuff going on around you. That was my thought for a long time. And it's funny because I trust a website, 538.com. For those who who are listening who want to check it out, it's you spell it out. It's not the numbers. It's 538 spelled out. Dot com. It tests uh, your IQ before you can even get <laughs> exactly. to the website. You have to be able to spell it out. It's by Nate Silver. He runs the website, and I think he does a great job with analytics and projections and player rankings. And he had, last year, Will Barton, the seventh best defender in the NBA. We're talking about efficiency. And while you may disagree with those rankings, let's say he's off by 20. That would still mean Will Barton's a top 27, you know, arguably top 25 defender in the league. So... Still, top 10 for 538. He defends very well, something that is sometimes hard to see over the course of a season. If someone's busting their butt out there, it's easy to see, okay, he's working, he's doing well. I think Will Barton kind of does a lot of small things well on defense, and obviously he's you know helping the offense as well. So I just wanted to bring that up. The Will Barton, we all know him to take shots. He wants that shot. That's clear. Very good defender, underrated defender as well. So Yeah, I think you get a lot of value uh, with Will Barton, absolutely, at that price tag. Uh, I think the underrated pick that we're not talking about is the draft pick, uh, Nashawn Bones Highland, Bones. At- Atlantic 10 Player of the Year. Nashawn Bones Jones. Uh, Tim Connolly loves like guys with chips on their shoulder, and you know if you ever read about this kid, he's got a lot of history and a lot of sort of things that happened to him. Uh, go-to guy, VCU, um, 6'3", uh, huge wingspan. He's a combo guard, and so it's going to kind of help fill that role. Yeah. Will Barton gets hurt. Austin Rivers isn't playing well. So, again, Tim Connolly just kind of seems to pull the right moves all the time. He reportedly rapped to the Denver Nuggets executives (laughs) and impressed them enough that they drafted him. You guys want to hear a rap right now? No. No. Okay. I mean, look, my last karaoke outing, I sang Regulator by Warren G. (laughs) Okay, can you go acapella, though? It was disastrous. Can you rap acapella right now? No, absolutely. I can't rap non-acapella. I need a karaoke (laughs) song. I need one. I was told you got to have a go-to. To. Yeah, you don't know, have a go-to. Maybe in the next week, you guys well, can see, work on here's, that. Here's my approach to karaoke is I have like one of the worst singing voices that I have ever heard. Oh, perfect okay. karaoke voice. So <laughs> I try to like set the, the bar for everyone. So like I like it when everyone gets in and has fun in karaoke. That's what makes a karaoke night fun. So I will go pick a song that I know there is a 0% chance I can hit <laughs> any note on it. So everyone looks up there and goes, Okay, if that guy, I mean, he just embarrassed himself. If he's going up there, I can do that. Life right? After Love by Cher. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I like uh, old Summer of 69, Brian Adams. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's okay. classic. Oh. I'm so. going to have to pick those ones up. <laughs> I think I can botch those songs. Absolutely. Oh so uh, any other free, oh, real quick, before we move off of that, I do want to note that uh, there's one guy outside of the the Nuggets organization that they did bring in, uh, Jeff Green, who is an interesting name. Uh, he's getting up there. He's a little bit older now, but he was a, a very good player for many years, and he's listed here as a power forward. I think he's kind of a, a combo forward, if I'm not mistaken. He'll play a little small forward as well. And Nets really wanted to keep him. Uh, I know they made. A, I think they made a couple offers to him. Um, and yeah, I mean, he seems to be kind of a glue guy, big locker room guy. Uh, I don't know how much he'll play versus he won't play. Uh, but he always seems to be a guy that at least people are pretty high on. I, I know the Nets really want that him. That sounds like okay. Paul Millsap to me, and I think his role has is needs to keep I've diminishing. For, Paul Millsap. I, I don't know. Is he still under contract? No, he's, he's under not. Tr- and so I Paul, think that's a Paul great. Wall? I think that's a great signing then to bring in a guy like that because I think you're going to be missing that. How with do you guys Paul feel Millsap? about Millsap? 
He was good while he was here. He he got really no, unlucky with he, that he's injury. Gone, right? He's he's yeah, off, yeah, he's gone. He, I th- his contract, I he's think a, he has not signed anywhere yet. Yeah, three Let's years when he came to the Nuggets, I think it was three years, a hundred million, insane. He had that freak hand injury, couldn't kind of stay out of his own way. Paul Millsap uh, drove Luka. me up a wall. I I don't know why. I just every time he's in, I'm just I, uh, he just can't catch the ball. Uh, to me, it was the contract, and it was, it was too big of a contract. He was never going to live up to it. You knew it when you gave it to him. But that's it, what you got to pay to get someone to come to Denver. Just is the problem. Timing, it had no, to pay. Had, had to, to pay. pay. I think as you move forward, I don't think that's the case anymore at all. I think a guy like Jeff Green coming here at a, at a fairly low deal, two year, ten million, you know, to say he was being pursued by the Brooklyn Nets as well, I, I have to think that price, their price tag, couldn't have been much lower than that. Right. I mean, they're definitely going to max Michael Porter Jr. Obviously, with the moves they're making, so we'll see how that goes. The team seems pretty deep. Seems like they can rotate guys in and out. I just of think it's a rotation. smart approach. You look at the common denominator with all of these contracts, two years or less. And, yeah. and, and when you start to up these guys, there's manipulation you can do within the cap. You backload some of these contracts that you're going to give to the guys like a Michael Porter Jr., possibly an Aaron Gordon if you decide to bring him back. So getting these guys on short deals, you really need Will Barton this year. I'm not a Will Barton guy. You guys know that. I have argued for a long time he shouldn't be a starter on this team. I think he has his role. If he would stick to it, he'd be good at it. But what you need is him to actually step up and be the guy he wants to be and be a scorer for you early in the season until Jamal Murray comes back. I start doing the math on it from when Jamal Murray was injured. I mean, you're lucky for a, with the Nuggets if he's back in any shape by playoffs. Because, you think playoffs is... I mean, you're oof. talking 9 to 12 months for an injury like that and and that was april guys that that happened last year with that being such a late season with covid it really puts you in a spot you may be relying on a guy like will barton to be your number three scorer on this team i mean he can do that though i i would could and that's why i love it for a short period of time and then i think you're able to move on from him at an age he'll be at age 32 he may have one more opportunity to get a good deal especially if he puts up any sort of numbers the next couple of years so i think it's a smart move i think you're seeing them be kind of frugal with their money knowing what's coming in the future but also bringing in pieces that will have an impact on what hopefully is a championship run next year but that's the thing the west coast right now the western conference i should say I think it's there's just, a. It comes lo- back to your regulators' comment. You got you got lost in the sauce. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think there's a lot more question marks than the average fan thinks. I mean, look at how well Houston or uh, uh, Phoenix did last year. Look how well Utah did last year. I think the Lakers will be better, but I think the Clippers are going to be a little bit worse. I think the Jazz are going to be worse. I think the Phoenix Suns are going to be a little bit worse. Dallas may take a step up. So there's a lot going on. It's fluid right now in the Western Conference. I think the Nuggets have a chance again to be one of those teams third, you know, second, third, fourth around there. And I think they're doing what they need to in this Western Conference to be right there in the mix. Well, and they're really expecting P.J. Dozier to, to kind of step up and, and kind of fill that role. And I know he was hurt towards the end of the season. That's someone else they're going to really need to rely on, especially with Jamal Murray out. Again, I really like Bones Highland. Uh, watched him play quite a bit. He's, he's really lengthy. And so uh, I think they'll be expecting a lot from him. Come, they certainly have a plethora of options for players to fill that role, and I I don't think that's by accident. I think that was very strategic to load up in that position because hopefully you gain one or two guys that come out of this that you know that's maybe your future Will Barton. That's your guy that you can then feel comfortable letting Will Barton walk after this contract is up, coming that that they just signed him to, and and have that role and you're building from within again. Um, As you guys look at this uh, free agency, the moves that the Nuggets made. 
where do they go from here? Are there any other pieces you feel like they need to add, albeit positions or or specific players that you think that they should potentially target? I mean, Jokic is such an easy guy to play with. You got to surround him with shooters and guys that can drive to the basket. Yeah. And ultimately, it comes down to waiting for uh, Jamal Murray to come back, see how that plays out. Most people panic if the Nuggets start off slow. They're notoriously a slow starting team, uh, so they'll make the moves they need. Aaron Gordon, will they let him go? Yeah, that's a will good they question. make will they make a big trade towards the middle of the year? Expiring contract, so And there's just not that many huge players to identify right now. I mean, there's not that much out on the market. I know there's a couple of role players they can bring in, but I don't have anyone specifically I think the Nuggets need to get. Right now, if they started next year with this roster, I would be fine with it. One thing that I'd be curious if they'll target at all is another big to, to be able to take a little bit of the pressure off of Jokic. Um, I mean, I know they have Bull Bull. I'm struggling to come up with anyone else on their roster that can truly play that center position. And it's funny. I think there's a shift in the mentality that these championship teams are having with the center position. It's funny how quickly things change in the NBA. Rewind six, seven years. The center position wasn't like it was in the 80s, 90s, but it was different. And then you start to see Jokic and, and, and even you know Rudy Gobert extending things a little bit. And then now after Giannis and everything, it seems like the narrative is we got to get bigger guys inside, go back to clogging the paint up and stop the Giannis's, the LeBron's. So it's funny the the changes back and forth in the NBA, but I think that that's true. I think another big guy would do a lot for the Nuggets, but again, the question is who? Right. You know, it's got to be somebody on a low contract and that Bull, comes Bull. in to play. I'm actually really surprised. Uh, JaVale McGee was a guy they obviously traded for and, and then had zero impact in the playoffs. Uh, that was kind of a move that but surprised me that was matchup-based. You know, if the Nuggets would have got to the finals and they're playing Milwaukee, I, I, then you I use don't him. know. I absolutely think in that Phoenix series that that made sense to put a guy like him out there the way that DeAndre Ayton was playing. I, I, I think you need a guy out there to take some of that pressure off of Jokic yeah. in that in that. Maybe with DeAndre, but still, I mean, uh, Phoenix likes to shoot it. Which, speaking of Phoenix and JaVale McGee, that's where he's landed. Uh, he's just on a one-year, $5 million deal. Uh, again, that's a deal I think if I'm the Nuggets, I'm making. If it's not JaVale McGee, it's somebody like that, that has playoff experience, that can be that guy to take some... I mean, there's you thought there was pressure on, on Jokic last year with Jamal Murray, and, and you know obviously Jokic was on an MVP season that he ultimately did cap with the MVP, but... He's got no Jamal Murray this year. Michael Porter Jr., sure, is is your shooter, is your scorer, but the pressure is going to be on Jokic. If you could get him minutes out, off the court with a productive player, I think that's huge for you to go down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's tough with the, with the McGee pick. We talk about worst contracts ever. I would also like to nominate JaVale McGee. He got paid <laughs> off of one triple-double yeah. game, like four, <laughs> four years, 44 mil. Uh, but, you know, they run their, their offense through the top of the key, through the center. I don't know if JaVale McGee necessarily has the basketball IQ. Uh, he's obviously a really smart guy, but actual basketball IQ to make those passes, things like that. You've got to have someone that can actually run the offense. And make, you mean and, JaVale's and not a real smart guy? <laughs> no, <laughs> Let's I, be careful here. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a smart guy. We'll, we'll just say he can't make the right pass all the time. Nick's going to run into him next week at, uh, at Old Garden. <laughs> <laughs> TGI Friday. I remember that was like his MO when he first came to the Nuggets. Like he's he's can make some huge plays, but he's kind of a doofus. He's going to do some things where you you're just like, how is this guy a professional athlete? One of my and friends, then he goes around just winning championships everywhere, and all of a sudden he's a coveted guy. One of my friends ran into JaVel McGee uh, his like first or second week in Denver. He was at a dispensary. So he was getting acclimated quickly to <laughs> the Denver uh, 
<laughs> I mean, when I look at it, you think Ennis Cantor, you don't really want him. Uh, li- huge liability on defense. Obviously, the Nuggets' biggest problem. Tristan Thompson, expensive. Uh, Ken Birch, again, underutilized guy, uh, just high energy guy. Frank Kaminsky can't even get off the off Frank the roster. Frank the Tank. Yeah, can't even get off the well, roster. Said Frank the Tank was so, not going to come back. You know, you can get a guy for pretty cheap, but, uh, you know, again, he's your MVP. You're going to play him 30, 40 minutes a game. So it wouldn't be bad to get him some help, but, you know, like we came back to him, not that much out there right now. And, and again, I think the, the Nuggets are smart here in, in just the approach that, hey, if we were healthy last year, we feel like we were a championship caliber team. Bring the pieces back. Bring as much as that of that back as you can. Hope that Jamal Murray has a speedy recovery and can get you back in a position in the playoffs to go on that. That's going to be big. Got to get year. Jamal back for sure, man. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us again. Remember, you can always find us on Twitter. We are at Red Rock Sports One. We record every Tuesday night. You can find new episodes on Wednesday. For Tyler and Nick, I'm Jared. Thanks for tuning in to Red Rock Sports.